TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. It's darn near 60 degrees outside here in the Twin Cities, but hey, work duties call, so while in the studio doing some TV work, I hopped up here to Radio Score North, scorenorth.com, 1500 AM on your conventional radio dial in the Twin Cities metropolitan area. So hey, why not get a breakdown of the Gophers and Spartans game tonight, round of 32 NCAA tournament. Tom Ostrom is a Minnesota native. He's an assistant coach at Indiana. He once worked under Clem Haskins on the Gophers staff. So Tom has intimate knowledge of both the Spartans and Gophers. In fact, Indiana beat Michigan State twice during the regular season. They lost at Williams Arena in February. So let's get a Gophers Spartans breakdown from Tom Ostrom, Indiana Hoosiers assistant coach. Tom, I appreciate your time, especially on a busy day after you guys beat Arkansas earlier today. We can get to that maybe later in the conversation. But on Michigan State, looking ahead to tonight's game, Gophers against Michigan State, you guys beat Michigan State twice in the regular season. You beat them in February. You beat them again in March. What were some of the keys? I mean, those were two close games. I mean, one, right, went to overtime. Yeah. The other one, you guys won by one in regulation. What were some of the keys for you guys beating the Spartans? Well, you know, I think with Michigan State, it, it comes. It always comes down to you got to match their, their – they try to out-physical you, they try to out-tough you, and they try to play harder than you. So, so you got to kind of – Match the physicality. You know, you got to go in the game with a mindset that you're going to match the physicality. You're not going to get smashed on the board. You know, they send four to the glass really hard. They really pride themselves on being one of the best offensive rebound teams in the country year in, year out. So you got to, you know, the one thing we always told our guys at every timeout, every huddle, what's the rebounding total? We're minus one, we're plus one, we're plus one. We got we to get the rebounds. And that's, that was a big emphasis. And then just be real physical with them. And then on the other end, you got to get back in transition. So if you can limit them on the offensive glass, and then make them play half-court basketball on the offensive end where you get back in transition and stop the ball early and stop Cassius Winston from going coast to coast. I think you got a chance to be in the game. And, you know, I've been well, – obviously, I follow the Gophers really, really close. Mm-hmm. See my alma mater from there. They're playing really well right now. I think they match up really well. You know, shoot, you beat Purdue twice in a – in about a 10-day period, you know, once on a neutral court and once at home in a big game. And then, you know, Penn State, I thought, was kind of the sleeper team going to the Big Ten tournament where it could maybe make a run to the semifinals or finals and you beat a really, really good Penn State team. And, and obviously I watched the Louisville game the other night. And, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota's playing about as well as they have the whole year. I think they're really gelling at the right time. And so I think they got a chance to really uh, give Michigan State a run for their money tonight. Um, you know, obviously – you know, if Jordan, I don't know, I know he's a little bit banged up, Jordan is, but he's, he's, if they have him full strength, I expect to have a really, really good game. Yeah, I was actually texting with somebody that's on the inside. Jordan is doing very well. I mean, he participated fully in shoot-around earlier. I'm told that Jordan is feeling a ton better today now. They are down Mott Stockman. Now, you might not think that's that big of a deal, but Mott's had some moments, especially late in the regular season. He's out with concussion-like symptoms. I mean, heck, you'd love to if you're Minnesota, right, Tom? Have Stockman against those Michigan State bigs for even if, like, it was eight to ten minutes tonight. No, you need fouls. You get to bigs, obviously, and because you use many bigs, you can't you kind of rotate them in and out. But, um, you know, I think Richard, like I said, I've been watching them uh, the last two or three weeks every game I can. Richard's doing a really, really good job with those guys. They're playing together. They're sharing the ball. It obviously helps when you start making shots like they are. And guys are guys are getting their teammates open shots, and they're, they're stepping up and making big, big shots. Obviously, Gabe's playing so well as a freshman and what he's doing right now it's phenomenal and Amir and all those guys down the line so um, you know uh, I, I think Minnesota has the size and the length and uh, the physicalness to match that and to keep them off the glass 
and that they just kind of keep on sharing the ball on offense and really moving it and playing inside out, I think they'll have a really, really good game. Do you need to have a little luck on your side, too? Did I see right that the win you guys had in East Lansing on, on February 2nd, that the Spartans missed 14 free throws that day? Yeah, something like that. I don't know if it's exactly that. Yeah, it's, you know, this time of year, um, as you know and every coach knows, it's about a little bit of luck, but who's playing well at the right time. You know, there's so many ebbs and flows in a long Big Ten season, 20 Big Ten games and the preseason that, you know, you probably have three or four different peaks and valleys uh, this time of year. It's about who's playing well this time of year, who's peaking at the right time, who's fresh at right now. And, you know, I think Minnesota checks all those boxes and Coach Patino's staff are doing an unbelievable job with their guys. The second victory, the one in Bloomington, the one in March, Michigan State led you guys by 12 in the first half. They were up by six with just like 4.10 to go, 4.15 to go. How did you guys not curl up in the fetal position? How did you guys come back when it looked like Michigan State had that game in hand? Well, like I said, you got, you got to keep kind of chopping the wood. you got to kind of keep uh, going at it and, uh, you know, just one possession at a time, one shot at a time, one block at a time, getting back, you know, one at a time. And then, you know, we were we had some uh, fortunate shots to go in. Again, you know, when, when a guy, you know, penetrates and kicks, you play inside out, a guy has a, uh, an open, you know, three-pointer, you make it or not make it, sometimes that's it's as simple as that, the difference between winning and losing. Nick Ward didn't play in that second game. He is back now. What sort of load is the Michigan State big man Nick Ward? You know, he's, he's terrific when he's healthy, and I don't know if he's 100% right now, but, you know, he's as good as anyone in the Big Ten or almost anybody in the country of running rim to rim. He puts a lot of pressure on your defense where he just gets out and he, he posts with two feet in the paint and uh, just puts a lot of pressure on your early defense right there in transition and just catches the ball right into the basket and lays it in. So, again, he's a he's another big physical guy who really, really runs. And, you know, when you think of transition defense, most of the times you think of Cassius Winston and stopping the guards, whatever. But when you play in Michigan State, it starts and stops with him in transition. And your big got to run back and do early work in the post and not just give him, you know, two feet and paint catches and let him lay it in or get in foul trouble. Like we said, I know you guys are down one big, and so you, you can't get big, cheap early fouls against him. On Winston, you brought up Winston's name. I mean, Big Ten Player of the Year. I mean, heck, I mean, he is unbelievable, isn't he? I mean, that will be a fun matchup. Gabe Kausher presumably will draw that matchup guarding Winston. Well, Gabe's got some size, and that's one thing he has. He's a big physical kid, especially for a freshman, and he um, – He's got some size that hopefully could bother him. And you got to deal with him on all those ball screens. you got to deal with him in transition as he's crossing the court and pushing the ball 1,000 miles an hour. And then he's going to use a ton of ball screens. And you got to really, really deal with the ball. And, you know, on the other side, your, your health side guy's got to be in and not deal because you're big. The two guys involved in the ball screen have to worry about the ball and stop and catch Winston first and foremost. And so then they get you spread out and they hit the rollers and they get lost dunks and so on and so forth. So it's kind of going to be a team effort on him. But it starts and stops with the guy on the ball and the guy guards the ball screen. I mean, it makes it hard, too, though, on, on whoever the help side defender is, right? Because if that help side defender is guarding McQuaid, like if you had to pick one guy to make a three-point shot in the Big Ten, now maybe it's Ryan Klein, but I would think McQuaid might be at the top of that list. No, he is. He is, and that's why you got you, you can't be soft on your ball screens. When, you, when you're guarding Cash is coming off those ball screens, you've got to put pressure on him. You've got to have impact the ball. You've got to put pressure on the ball where you can't just fling it across the court, you know, um, almost like a quarterback where you got to blitz him and you've got to, you, you got to feel the heat. You just can't just pick him, pick you apart when he's coming off the ball screen. You've got to have four hands high, really put a lot of pressure on the deal with the ball and make those long court, long cross-the-court passes or throwbacks hard. I wasn't quite sure Tillman was a pro maybe as recently as November, December, but when Ward went down, Tillman really stepped up, didn't he? I'll tell you, you, you give about as good a scouting report as anybody I've ever met. You're doing a great job. You watch a lot of film, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you've done your homework. Um, no, he did. And that's probably, you know, when, when, a, when a guy goes down, 
And even if the guy's important as Nick Ward is to their team, the one thing you get is you get a chance to get some of those other guys some minutes maybe they did, they weren't going to get otherwise. And what he did is he, he stepped in that role and he really grew in that role. And now they're instead of just having Nick Ward and Timber playing spot up minutes, he actually had two starters uh, right there, two guys who can really, really get done at a high level. And like you said, he improved at a rapid rate, and he's a, he's a special talent, that's for sure. Do you like that the Big Ten is matched up here in the round of 32? I mean, the only reason they're matched up in the round of 32 is because they only met once in the regular season. I mean, I'm not quite sure I like this, Tom. I wish they were meeting maybe more so in the Sweet 16. Now, I agree with you, and I don't know all the logistics and the math on it and everything. Obviously, you know, the Big Ten they have as many teams as they could. you know. But, yeah, ideally, if you're, if you're Richard or if you're Tom Izzo, I'm sure you don't want to play a Big Ten team. Um, you know, in the second game, but hey, you know, those guys, uh, they're happy, they'd rather be playing this game than not playing this game, put it that way, but yeah, I agree with you that, you know, you kind of like to see somebody else, but, you know, watching Minnesota play against Louisville, watching them in the Big Ten tournament, I really, really like their chances, they're doing a great job. What did the Gophers do so well against you guys when they beat you at the barn, you know, unfortunately for you, rather handily back, what, about five yeah. weeks ago? No, they were playing really well, and again, they made shots early. I don't know if you remember that or not, but they, they made some threes early. You know, even a turtle like made made one. I think they made coffee me to bank one in, and they made some shots, and they got us spread out. And then they really, really did a good job uh, defensively. You know, keeping us keeping us from getting easy baskets and rebounding. And they they had a really good game plan against us and did a great job. All right, so you locked in on Gophers Louisville. I mean, you guys beat Louisville as well. I mean, I'm talking about you guys beating Michigan State twice in the regular season. You beat Louisville as well. When the Gophers beat Louisville, and heck, I mean, if you just looked at the final score, Tom. 10 points, you might have thought, oh, you know what, kind of a close game. I mean, the Gophers really controlled that game for the they most did. part, you know, all 40 minutes on Thursday. They, they, they played with a lot of confidence, and they played with a lot of precision on both ends of the floor, and their game plan was terrific, and you could just tell that they, they, they executed their game plan, and they had a lot of confidence on both ends to, you know, kind of do what we do, execute the game plan, and good things will happen. And they played really, really hard, and they played to win. You know, I think every guy on the court, no matter who it was, and I know we played some guys that normally don't even play that much, those guys played to win and they've really played uh, together as a unit, and I was really, really happy for them. I mean, heck, I mean, they made 11 threes. Tom, they didn't make 11 threes in a game, I don't think all year. I mean, among Power 6 conference teams, I mean, no team made fewer three-pointers than the Gophers. I mean, that was the biggest surprise. And maybe the second biggest surprise was they went something like a 26-minute stretch without turning the ball over. I just don't know if we can expect that sort of precision tonight. Well, you're not going to, you know, always pitch the perfect game, obviously. But I think if the Gophers play really, really hard and step up and make their shots, and, you know, they got, I don't know what their stats are as well as you as far as three-point shooting, but you look at they got good three-point shooters on their team. I mean, they have more, they have multiple guys who can make open shots. And then they got a great inside game with, you know, Daniel and Murphy and so on and so forth. So I think they got, got a complete package. And, again, they play with a lot of confidence right now. And, you know, again, they're probably not going to pitch a perfect game, but I think they can. They got the toughness. And they got the get togetherness, and they're playing really well right now in the conference to go in and give Michigan State everything they want. Then, so Goins on Michigan State. I mean, is he the ultimate glue guy? He's kind of the X factor. Um, good point. You know, when, when he's making shots, again, he's not always making shots. But you know, he go inside out. He plays really, really hard, like you said. You know, glue guy is a good way to put it. Um, very versatile. Can do a little bit of everything. And so, yeah, if you can kind of limit him, and he's not having one of those games where he makes two threes and gets three offensive rebounds, and you know, guards uh, does a good job guarding the ball. He, he's a guy you definitely uh, can make a kind of difference maker. Where do you stand on the Izzo Henry back and forth from the other day? Ah, you know, Coach Izzo is obviously a Hall of Fame coach. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he's, he's been coaching those guys hard for a long, long time with a lot of success, and I know he has unbelievable relationships with his guys. So, you know, that, that's all. It's, it is what it is. I mean, how much of a difference maker can a coach, a staff, 
that has big game experience. I mean, you think about Izzo, you think about his assistants. They've been in this situation so many different times. Can't really say that about the Gopher staff. How much of a difference maker can that be in a matchup like this? You know, I don't know. You know, obviously experience is a, is, a, is a great teaching tool, but, you know, I think whether it be assistant coaches or head coaches, you know, Coach Patino, Richard, and his staff have been in big games before, and they've been around big time, obviously, Richard, the way he grew up. So nobody knows what a big game is more than him uh, with his family and even the assistants. They've all been head coaches, a bunch, couple head coaches on the floor. So they played in big conference tournament games. So I don't know if that's, you know, it's, again, it's, it's about the players. and It's about getting them in the right position and having them play with a lot of confidence and who's playing harder who's making bigger shots and who's playing more together this time of year. Cause they're all, you know, if you're in the, if you're made a second round, the NCAA tournament, you're a good team, you know, and, 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 you know, that obviously some teams are a little bit more talented than the others, but you want to at Michigan state, you look at Minnesota play together, you know, the talent, the talent, they're right there. They're neck and neck. And they're both really, really good teams. And so it's who can make the big shots, who plays more physical, who plays smarter, who turns the ball over less, like you mentioned before, and then who plays more together. Any other specific keys as you analyze tonight's matchup? No, I mean, I, th- I think I, you, you hit on two. You didn't need me. You could just on your old podcast. No, uh, but hey, you've got you've got the knowledge. I don't. I can fake it, Tom, but you've got the great <laughs> knowledge. No, you know, again, you know, we always, when you play Michigan State, it's got to be the rebounding total. You always look at the rebounding total, and you look back uh, in transition. How can you get back in transition and make them play in the half court? I think those are the two big keys of the game going in. All right, I'd be remiss while I have you. Tell us about your, your win today that came down to, what, the, the final seconds you guys beat Arkansas? And did I see? I mean, it was a packed house. Did you guys have 15,000, 16,000 people at the game today, second round, NIT? You know, I don't, you know what? I got a stat sheet right here. I can play. It was a great crowd. It was a really, really good crowd. And uh, what they do is they, they, you know, they make it an affordable ticket. I think it's $20 and maybe nice. free for students. And they make it general admission for the most part. So people who generally um, don't get a chance to come to a game, or if they do come to a game, they don't get a good seat. They're really excited to come. So it's really impressive. I don't – I see a little over 12,000 they announced. Okay, uh, for, still. For a second round. No, but for a, a Saturday morning at 11 a.m., noon, I don't know if you guys are an hour ahead of us or not, but you know, for a Saturday morning, early afternoon game, heck, NIT, I mean, to have 12,000 people, that's really impressive. No, it's awesome. I uh, talking to some, I know some of the people at Arkansas because I spent some time there, and they, yeah. they walked to the gym, and they were like, wow, this is really, really impressive. Like, I can't believe you. And it was, a, it was a really loud crowd, and it was a, it was a true home court advantage, so we we're very fortunate. That's that what makes Indiana one of the most special places in the country to coach and play because – you know, you get an 11 a.m. game or 12, a new 12 noon game on a Saturday during the NSA tournament. It's actually the nicest day of the year so far in Bloomington. It's about 60 degrees and sunny, and you get over 12,000 people in there cheering, there cheering really, really hard for the Hoosiers. It was a special day. I mean, did it mean a little bit more? I mean, you touched on your history at Arkansas. Did today mean a little bit more to you? It's actually now, um, you know, a, you know, this time of year, you just want to keep playing. And uh, we have, I, when I was at Dayton, we played, played them twice, I believe, and then we played them actually in the regular season at their place. So, um, you know, we've played them before and got a lot of respect for those guys, Coach Anderson and the minister, a lot of the administrators are still there and we really enjoyed our time there. So it's just, a, you know, this time of year, any win you can get, no matter who you're playing, you're happy with. How good is Langford? I'm sure a lot of Wolves fans who will listen to this want me to ask you about Romeo Langford. <laughs> Romeo is a really, really good player and uh, he's, he's even a better person than he is a player and he's a great player. And, uh, he's been a lot, a lot of fun to coach for us this year and he's really fit in and, Done. Been been so coachable and so team oriented, and just done everything we asked. And it's really, really improved as the season went on, and it has a thirst for improving. So, not only is he a talented basketball player, but he's a hard worker. He's a total, total team guy, and he's a wonderful person off the court. Has his shot come along as the years gone on? Definitely, he's worked really hard on it. And you know, like all freshmen, you have your ups and downs, but he's worked really, really hard on it. Um, he knows that he needs to continue to work on it, but it's gotten much better. He's made some really, really big shots and key moments for us. And then I'll leave you with this. What about Race Thompson? I mean, Race missed some time. Was it what a concussion? But now Race from 
Robbins Dale Armstrong, local guy. Obviously, his dad, Daryl Thompson. Everybody knows Daryl. Yeah. How did race finish the season for you guys? Really finished strong when he got healthy. You know, had had a, had a couple unfortunate the concussion, and had a, you know I think he had strep throat or something like that uh, during the year that kind of got him out. But you know, we, we don't win the Wisconsin game without race. Uh, race played major major mm-hmm. minutes in the Wisconsin game and did an unbelievable job on both ends of the floor and providing rebounding and defense and toughness and uh, just energy plays. And uh, he was kind of our glue guy that game. There's no way we win the game if he didn't play as well as he did. I'll leave you with this. I mean, can you still root for the Gophers, your alma mater? I mean, considering your your Indiana allegiance, which you should. I mean, you work for the Indiana Hoosiers, but, you know, like tonight, I mean, can you deep down, can you root for your alma mater? Oh, absolutely. I don't know why you can't. I mean, can, you, can you give me a reason why I can't? You can, absolutely. Why yeah, not? No, sure. I'll, I'll always, you know, that's, you know, I, I spent the first 25 years of my life in Minnesota. I graduated from the University of Minnesota. And, uh, the, the best, you know, some of the best memories. I have lifetime memories and lifetime relationships there. So, yeah, unless, unless we're actually, and, and Richard's a really good friend of mine as well, and I have a lot of respect for him and the job he's done. So, yeah, unless we're playing them, I'll always, always root for the Gophers. And I still I still got to my play hard shorts. I wear the bed I have from as a manager <laughs> way back in the day. So I still have those in my closet as we speak. Yeah, I have some too from the from the Clem Haskins basketball camp back in the day at, at yeah. the University of St. Thomas. I mean, yeah, I mean, do you think that this program one day can get back to that? even though technically it doesn't exist in the record books, but hey, it exists in our memories, right? The hangovers I had back then were were legit. I mean, those didn't get erased. I mean, do you think one day maybe the Gophers can get back to that 1997 level? Well, I mean, you know, obviously like we talked about getting to the Final Four. Is, you know, they're, they're, you got to be good and you got to get lucky. But, yeah, just, uh, you know, I think um, the first step is consistently having teams that make the NCAA tournament. You can't get to the Final Four unless you make the NCAA tournament. If you make it enough, you eventually get there. I think without question. I mean, you look at Richard's team now, and obviously he's got a couple good seniors that, that, that we missed, but he's got a really, really good freshman class and some sophomores, and uh, he's building it the right way. And uh, those, those guys, uh, I think, built for long-term success. So he's doing it the right way, and he's uh, really doing a good job. I mean, I suppose you hope that coffee comes back next year, right? I mean, he's going to test the NBA draft waters. Dad Richard was on the podcast earlier this week. So, I mean, I guess depending on the feedback he gets, but it certainly would be nice if Amir Coffee is back for his senior year because Amir is a special player. He's a great, he's really developed and a great, great player. And, you know, that's why they have this process. You know, there's nothing wrong with testing at all. That's, that's, I think it's a great tool for these guys to use and there's nothing wrong with, you know, you test the waters, you get some workouts, you get some feedback, and then you just make a, you know, a, a decision between your coaching staff and your family what's best for you. And I know Richard will support them either way, but um, it's a great learning process for these guys, whether they stay in or not. I encourage all our guys, if if they're borderline, test the process because that's why it's there. And then you can come back if you want or you can leave if you want, but it's a, it's a really good educational experience for them. Tom, I appreciate the time and hopefully we'll see you at Madison Square Garden in the NIT semifinals here in a little bit. Well, hopefully, maybe we're talking here in a few days about, I don't even know who they play into if they win tonight. I'm not even sure who they play into. If the Gophers beat Michigan State, they get LSU, who beat Maryland. LSU, I, I forget that. I forget what kid had it, but it was a layup. It was an incredible layup with about a second to go. Maryland was out of timeout, so they inbounded the ball. They took a shot from 70 feet out, didn't go. So, LSU beat Maryland by two. So, yeah, the winner gets LSU in the Sweet 16 on Friday in Washington, D.C., well, hopefully maybe on Wednesday we're talking a little LSU Gopher basketball. That's my hope. You know what? If the Gophers win tonight, Tom, I will track you down next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Darren. Go Gophers. That was Gophers alum, current Indiana assistant coach Tom Ostrom. Fantastic breakdown of the Spartans and Gophers. Tip-off from Des Moines is set for tonight around 645 or 650. It's after the first game, after that Michigan-Florida game. So depending on how that game shakes out, the Gophers-Michigan State game should begin around 645 
or so. I think we'll wrap it up there. You know what? Quickly on the Vikings, they did make Brett Jones an offer. The offensive lineman who started the first two games of last year played center then, but can also play guard. There is an offer in hand. Brett Jones is contemplating what to do with said offer. If he says no, then I can see them circling back to the guy that visited yesterday, Friday, Tyler Shatley, the former Jacksonville offensive lineman. But until Jones makes a decision... I don't necessarily see movement on the Vikings and Shatley unless the Vikings get a clear sign that Jones is on the cusp of signing elsewhere. But I do know that Jones and Shatley fit under their budget, their current budget right now. Like, for example, Steven Wisniewski is looking for bigger money. You look at the Nick Easton contract. You look at the Josh Klein contract. Wisniewski is looking for a little bit more than the Vikings are willing to spend. Do the Vikings like Wisniewski? Yeah, the sense is they do, but he's looking for more money than they have available. So it looks like Jones into Shatley, depending on what the Vikings do to add another offensive lineman here in the coming days. Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer at the league meetings this weekend and the ownership group. League meetings begin in Phoenix, and the Vikings are bringing in a bunch of draft prospects for visits starting on April 2nd. All right, we are done. Scoop podcast, a quickie, episode 215 on this Saturday afternoon. Enjoy the Gophers game tonight, everyone. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Hola, soy Andrés Cantor y los invito a ver la Copa Mundial de la FIFA. Vive cada jugada y emocionate con nosotros porque el Mundial lo es todo. Del 20 de noviembre al 18 de diciembre en español por Telemundo y Peacock.